make the world better. Follow us on all Follow of your social media outlets. At All Real Radio. We make the world better. Make the world better. Everybody, this is Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, reporting on the movements that fight back Saturdays at 1.30 on All Real Radio. I hope you guys are having a very lovely week. Oh, sorry, I've been having some issues with this microphone as we're getting started. Um, I hope you guys have had a lovely week. I know I sure have. Today has been really nice too. So. Today is going to be a very chill episode. Oh, I say episode instead of report because I think this might be my last one of the year. So um, I'm trying to do a better job of um, of taking moments to reflect and learn and grow and um, see where I am and just like talk to you guys about it. Um, because this is my activism, right? Like journalism is my activism. And part of what I talk about a lot is how everybody can get involved 
in political work in one way or another. Everybody has a place in the work. Everybody has a place in the movement. Um, so this is going to be a really, really chill episode. We're going to go over some stuff from this year. Um, and, uh, and then just like take it easy. Um, and I'm going to be sprinkling some news in there, here and there, because uh, I do want to talk about the AI art um, and how concerning that is. Um, that's like a new, relatively new development that I've seen happening on the interwebs. Um, but this is just going to be a nice little chill reflect episode. Um, I'm not usually very vulnerable or talk about myself. It's more just about like the report and the community and stuff like that. So, so this one's just going to be that. <laughs> All right. We're going to listen to some music and I'm actually going to be playing some music on through my phone too. Um, so yeah. Yo, I speak of schools a 
lot cause they say I'm intelligent No, it's cause I'm dope, if I was whack I'd be irrelevant I'm like the dope in your tracks until your highest settle in You lean it to the left, the last is the best medicine But the trouble you have today, you just can't laugh away Stay optimistic, think a change is gonna come like Donny Hathaway You have to pray on top of that act today Cause opportunities shrivel away like Tom Hanks and Castaway Everybody pass away to pass the pray to family morning Everybody act according to the season that they born in We fight in the streets, start bleeding till the blood is pouring In the gutter, mothers cry to the Lord, we living by the sword And all that folks want is safety, they going gun crazy Same reason Reagan was playing war games in the 80s Same reason I always rock door chains on my babies The struggle is beautiful, I'm too strong for your slave So this year for me in my journalism as my activism has been um, been actively using um, and acknowledging love and camaraderie in community spaces. When I first started my activism back in 2016, uh, 2015, 2016, I started off as a cannabis activist, um, just trying to make weed legal. Um, and then, you know, I learned about the war on drugs and, you know, just trying to make weed legal didn't seem like it was enough because we have the whole prison system dedicated to incarcerating black and brown people. So I was like, I'm going to try to do something about that. So I went into electoral organizing for very briefly and... <laughs> Uh, I'm very not um, fond of white liberals. Um, so I didn't have much patience in that realm. And then, you know, I made my way back to journalism. And when I made my way back to journalism, I was so angry from everything that I had learned and seen from my time as cannabis activist, uh, lobbying at the legislature, and uh, trying to do... Um, cannabis work here in Harris County and then I was very angry with the democratic establishment and our quote-unquote democracy um, so when I came back into when I came to my journalism I was very angry I was very belligerent um, and at the time I really thought that's how activism was supposed to be you know it was like we're gonna be in these streets whose streets our streets <laughs> Um, and then really calling out truth to power um, and holding folks accountable. And that is important, um, but being angry all the time and 
trying to use anger as a mode for organizing and um, getting into spaces was just not conducive. Um, and I, it was mentally painful for me and it just wasn't great. Um, in 2019, that's when I really started learning about, um, you know, love and camaraderie and spaces, uh, you know, with as much violence and pain that our system brings, you would think that we need to bring like (laughs) violence and pain to meet them where they are to fight back. Um, but in a, in a world that's just so, so conducive to just like bullying, we have to meet each other with like love and understanding. And it really took me a little while to understand that. I was like, that's some hippy dippy bullshit. That's some white liberal boomer shit that they would say in like the sixties or whatever. Um, clearly we haven't gotten anywhere with that. Um, but this work is hard. Um, this, this work is difficult and you're, uh, you see a lot of, uh, violence that our system is doing and so you really have to hold love for yourself and love for your community um and this year has been the year of like practicing that for me like I've you know I learned to start learning about it in 2019 and then you know 2020 and 2021 was more of just learning and practicing and whatnot but this year it really felt for me that I found um I found a way to approach my activism, my journalism with more love and community than I I've have in uh, during my time. It's been about, shit, how long has it been? Seven years um, that I've been doing political work and then like five with it being focused on journalism. So um, this year I covered quite a few things. I was going through... My Spotify, uh, for those of you who do have Spotify, it is the unconventional journalist. That is me. Um, and you can listen to like any of my reports. Usually when I'm done here, I like upload them. You can listen to them on Google Podcasts, Radio Public. I have a link tree, link tree slash unconventional journalist. And that's a way to read some articles that I write and see um, the reports. But anyway, so I was going back through them, and I did uh, 26 this year, um, which, you know, is pretty good considering that this is my volunteer work. This isn't my full-time gig. Um, uh, I covered uh, white supremacist activity, (laughs) Um, Pasadena ISD. Organizing tenant power. Um, it was Fat Property Houston Tenant Union. Uh, shout out to them. They've been doing work in Greens Point. Um, they had a rally yesterday, where some Greens Point residents were working to get their um, apartments to meet their demands. If you want to learn more about that, you should go uh, follow Houston Tenants Union or look at them online. I had every intention to go cover it yesterday, but. Um, the apartment is an hour and a half from where I am. That's with traffic. And uh, my threshold is 50 minutes, y'all. Like, it, it is. Um, I felt really, really bad. 
Um, but that's, that's one of the things that took me a long time to learn with my organizing is setting boundaries and not burning yourself out because you got to sustain. Um, and I know if I would have driven an hour and a half one way and then, you know, back, I would have really been burnt out and, um, the holidays are coming up and (laughs) I can't be burnt out y'all, but the Houston tenants union is still doing good work. Um, there was, um, I don't know if y'all remember, but earlier this year, there was Medicare for all movement in Harris County. Uh, Houston DSA members, Lauren and Stephanie joined me to talk about the movement to have Harris County support Medicare for all by voting on a resolution. We talked about what a resolution is, why it mattered, and we tackled those questions. Um, so that was really exciting because Harris County is the third largest county in the United States. If Harris County got their stuff together and voted on a resolution to make Medicare for all to su- to support it, um, that would that would put in a lot of a. Uh, political leverage and the state legislature um and then you know at the national level um i don't remember that they actually passed a resolution i'll have to follow up with them on that uh, and see where they are but that was that was one of my favorite things that i covered uh this this year that's back in january very thankful to lauren and stephanie for joining me for that and then you know it was electoral season right there were elections which elections suck the life out of me like I can always see where like I do election type coverage and then afterwards my um my my interviews and my reports to me feel a little more robotic so I'm trying to figure out now how to approach that but my favorite interview during that time was my uh the interview with Franklin Bynum he is running for re-election uh for the judge of Harris County criminal court uh, at law number eight um he didn't end up winning his re-election um so but one of the things the reason i liked that interview so much was because he was talking about how most of the things that he saw in his court were people who had housing insecurity so they were coming through his court you know criminalized for for things in it that ultimately was because they did not have housing. Um, and he was setting up a uh, like housing department in his court to make sure people who came in had somewhere to go after they left. Um, that was, it, I mean, it really solidified what I kind of figured uh, about how so much of our like quote unquote criminals is just people who don't have access to basic resources and that interview with Franklin Bynum was just very insightful for that um and then you know there was oh Pasadena started organizing um this year I'm Pasadena's my childhood uh home y'all so to see Pasadena organizing was just a real treat this year they had their first town hall on student discipline this year in the Texas Civil Rights Project. And so covered that, uh, got some interviews from that, and it was um, just amazing. It's amazing. And they're still doing work. I do plan on covering Pasadena still going into, like, next year. Uh, as there's movement happening, I 
I do plan on receiving permission to cover it because I think it's incredibly important to know that you can organize wherever your home is. You don't have to be in a big city. You don't have to be in a place that's popping. Like your your neighborhood is your home, right? Um, and you can organize there. And it doesn't have to be like big and insane. It could be as simple as like mutual aid, you know, just doing like a little food, food distribution, um, throwing a little block party with, with your community. Um, there's There's so many ways. There's, there's so many ways and everybody has a place in it. In the Pasadena ISD uh, ongoing movement that I've been seeing, it really is a testament that everybody has their place in the movement, you know. I'm scrolling through right now, scrolling through my little Spotify. Ooh, this story. Dang. I was really excited about this one. This one was from April First black-founded home care services cooperative in Texas. A community care cooperative is a state-licensed co-op business that enables neighbors to help neighbors live their best lives by providing personal care and home care services to senior and disabled people. This is the first black-founded home care services co-op in Texas, the second home care co-op in Texas, and exists as one of 14 home care cooperatives in the nation. Asada Richards, director of Sanka Research Institute and member of We Are The Ones Cooperative Incubator and founder of this collective, interviewed with me to discuss it further. So that interview um, is in, in Spotify. And Asada Richards, I don't know if y'all know about her, but she is uh, amazing. She is a community organizer in Third Word Houston. Uh, she's been around for a while and she knows uh, a lot about the community and she's organizing to make, uh, we talked a lot about like solidarity economy, a way of making it uh, to where the economy works for the people that it serves. Um, so out of, out of the interviews that I'm like talking about so far, I really do recommend y'all visit, revisit that one. Um, because it's, it's amazing. And again, people are, people are moving and shaking, right? You're not alone in any of this hellscape. And like that for me is the ultimate goal of, of me giving information to you, right? When I say that this year was really like a practice in like love in my, in in my work, this, this is, uh, a really, really great example of it um, because you see communities and community organizers um, making making the space themselves, right? They're not waiting for the establishment to do it. They're not waiting for the white people to do it. The, the establishment is inherently white supremacist and racist, and, you know, they're not waiting for that to happen, um, and they're just doing it themselves, and... There's so much love and care in that. Um, there's so much love and care in that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's like updates. Because I do like, I was doing like a lot of weekly updates this year. Ooh. So this year was the first time I like really took a step back. So I get seasonal depression in the summer. <laughs> Uh, I get like real squirrely and moon eyed in the winter. Like this is my peak extroverting season. I was out extroverting 
um, with some abolitionist baddies last night. And I was just like full moon eyed cat mode. And like winter is that's, that is my time. But in the summer, I'm like sad, sad beans, beach bum. Um, and I made that known. Um, it was, I, I took that break. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that, you know, I posted my little beach pictures and when I came back, I had a back from break episode, which was just like another reflection. These reflection episodes, um, are thanks to Shatana. Shatana does a, a artivist. Uh, she does the, um, the show before mine on Saturday mornings and when I was talking to her this summer, you know, I was telling her I was on break and I was going to have my first show back. And she was like, what are you going to talk about? It's like, well, the news, of course, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) And she really encouraged me to take some reflection episodes. Um, so this episode as well is, is a reflection episode to, to honor that advice because it is solid advice, right? Like, uh, it's, it's solid advice. You want to take moments to reflect. So anyway, I just saw that one. Ooh, um, once I got back from from break, there was the uh, community action Harris County budget community safety budget. Um, that was really really special. So um, it was led by Texas Jail Project and Texas Civil Rights Project. Um, Gabriella from Texas uh, Jail Project interviewed with me about a month ago on it, um, to kind of recap it. Um, but again, like the amount of love and care that went into this work that organizers are doing, they, they saw the Harris County budget, the Harris County, you know, again, supporting it's the third largest County in the U S and this group of organizers, um, just went in and like, here's, here's our community safety budget agenda that we have proposed and they went in week after week to uh, to make progress in areas where they thought they they could and they fought for other areas and even despite the political theater that happened with Kegel there were some really really wonderful wins um, there were some losses of course because you know it's the establishment but uh, from the beginning of their work towards the end, it, they really grew momentum, and it was beautiful, beautiful to watch. Um, I do encourage you, if you're like, what, what is that about? <laughs> um, you can, there's, a, there's an interview with it, uh, the Movement for a Community Safety Budget in Harris County. The, the interview is in October uh, so you can listen to it, you know, replay it, or you can read the article, whichever one you'd like. I do encourage you to listen, though, because Gabriella is just, like, peak. Just, like, she knows her stuff, and it's very accessible and digestible. Uh, oh, shit, I almost forgot. Um, another fun thing to happen this year was, you know, Houston, we got... We got Starbucks unionized, man. You know, like there's the the first location in Houston. Um, there's more locations now that are working on their unionization. Um, I saw one in even Kingwood, like Kingwood. <laughs> um, 
and it's just it's just really really wonderful to see that was like one of the best things of this year too is that that worker movement uh damn that reminds me i covered their one of their uh, strikes and i did i recorded video and i never sent the video to the organizers oh my god um <laughs> i told them i would and here i am like just now remembering that i like totally forgot i'm such an asshole anyway i will send that to them i will i will do that today um but yeah like there's you know okay so we got the co-op we have Houston Starbucks unionizing. We have people organizing uh, for a Harris County budget that actually works for the people. Um, oh, and then uh, also this year, uh, there were there are wind turbines coming to the Gulf Coast, and folks uh, are trying to unionize those jobs before they even exist. And that's because like solar jobs right now, like people who work in solar, like installing solar, don't get paid very well. They get paid like $15 an hour, which is not enough. Like you're, you're installing solar panels and that's, that's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of manual labor. And they don't have a lot of like safety training and safety regulations. So <clears throat> the goal of the movement uh, for the uh, for the wind turbines is is to make sure that those jobs are unionized before they exist. That way, everybody gets like safe, as safe as it can be jobs. That was really cool to cover as well. Um, yeah, this this year there's just a lot of community love. Like, and and when I say community love, I mean it in the way that um, unions, organizers, community getting together and trying to make their space more collective and creating space for themselves outside of the racist establishment, a racist and classist establishment. Um, and it's been such an honor to document it this year. Um, it's, it's been such an honor. Um, like it really feels like I'm like bearing witness, right? Cause it, everybody's holding space for, for like this hard work. Um, because you know, it's, it sucks whenever you're there trying to fight for your own existence. Right. Um, and, and they're just like, they're, they're doing it. And it's just such a wonderful reminder that none of us are alone. And I know I like, you know, it's like a beating a dead horse. I'm always saying none of us are alone, but like, damn y'all, good work. We're going to listen to some music and then I will jump back on. Another two go, keep it up and you just might win the gold. Eyes on the prize and your head in the game. What the hell is it for if you don't feel the pain? Funny you always get the helping hand. 
a G-Wagon? <laughs> that is so sad for you. Shift facelift, see what true fits Having the choice is a privilege Steal the bread to feed the home But who needs bread when you've got the dough? people change how many lives are living strange where were you while we were getting high yeah. slowly moving down the hall faster than a cannonball where were you while we were getting high someday you will find me
So normally I play music that all the radio just has going on on the queue, but right now you're listening to some of my favorite songs from this year. Um, and you know, next next time I go live, uh, it'll be back on all real radio music. But I just wanted to share some of my music with y'all uh, during this uh, reflection episode. Um, <clears throat> so this year was really lovely. I like so many people so much love um yeah (laughs) um so up next for me and I think I've talked about this before is working on educating um helping people if they want to do journalism as their activism or you know they're wanting to do journalism in some capacity um trying to show them if they want uh, my method of it because, you know, I studied journalism and then I broke a lot of the rules. Um, I've maintained most of the rules, right? Like researching, fact checking, (laughs) you know, things like that. Um, But I'm not neutral. I call out racism. I'm, you know, I'm not going to try to give the establishment any excuses for the way they're acting. Um, so, so that's kind of like the next thing I have in mind, because uh, this year, this year I tried to do um, elder interviews, right, where I interviewed uh, elders from different communities, and then uh, put them in the library to archive, and Miss Sandra and Mr. Walter from Northeast Action Collective, West Street Recovery, were very generous to be the first group, uh, the first First two elders, um, and Secunda Joseph with Imagine a World, Imagine, uh, Imagine Noir, um, uh, co-hosted it with me, um, and it was it was a really great episode. But the thing I I ran into is like, I the work needs to be happening, but I didn't feel comfortable being the one doing it right because like at the end of the day. Uh, my ass is from the suburbs. Um, I still live in the suburbs. I look white. I sound white. Um, I'm Mexican, but for all intensive purposes, like these aren't my elders. And as much as I, their stories need to be documented, and I'm still going to be interviewing them and documenting them for it to truly be an elders like series. It didn't feel. It didn't sit right with me to be doing it. Um, and so if I could like teach other people and they could just you know do what feels right for them I think that'd be a better way to approach it um but I'm I'm still trying to get like my swimming legs on it because I've got like really bad imposter syndrome (laughs) um I've had people tell me that I should do like workshops and like stuff like that and I'm like should I are you sure like what do I actually know I don't really know anything I mean I do know stuff but but not, not really. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I did get invited uh, next uh, in the spring to do like a lunch and learn with some right rice uh, radio students. Um, so if that does go through, I'm hoping mm. that will like jog my confidence and uh, help me dispel my. <laughs> imposter syndrome to where I can get to a point to just kind of 
actively do it myself. Um, at some point, I really want to have an unconventional apprentice, if you would. That's what I plan on calling it, where if you want to learn journalism as your activism, uh, you want to learn how to work a soundboard and report and whatnot, it would be like a three-month thing where the first month uh, you're kind of watching me and we're we're doing it. By the second month, you're working the soundboard and reporting with me. And the third month, you're on the soundboard and reporting by yourself. I And see, like, the thing is, I don't edit any of my work. I mean, I edit my articles, right? Because those are words. I'm a writer. Like, that just comes a lot more naturally to me. But uh, editing audio, video, uh, no, that's just not something. <laughs> so, like, I could help with, like, the journalism part and um, getting your wiggle, your your swimming legs and uh, helping with like identifying, like coming up with like a brand for yourself, right? Um, but like the editing part, I'm not really sure how I like plan on teaching that. But at some point, I'm, I'm really thinking that next year will be the time where I roll that out, um, maybe next fall. But it's time to start lighting torches. And one of the things that I, um, I never understood... Uh, and I hope to the whole universe, I never become like this. It's one of my like active fears is like holding on to knowledge, like holding on to the idea that no one should replace me. Um, we should be lighting like everybody's torches. Like if you've got the knowledge, you know, you should be teaching. Um, Kendra London, our African uh, family, like she, she says it perfectly. She's so, a, uh, each one teach one um and it's the, the idea that you know if you got the knowledge you teach it you know and you teach it and you be in community with people and um I really I really do think that's how it should be because when I got into this work um as my activism I was at uh KPFT and um trying to get uh knowledge from them and trying to get trained and do stuff was just uh, it was barrier after barrier they they didn't want to be replaced <laughs> you know um it's that whole it's a catch-22 right like they want young people but they don't want anything to change and um even though i may not understand tiktok references i <laughs> um you know i think it is important to uh to be doing that and last night when I was hanging out with uh, some abolitionist baddies, I didn't, there was, there was some really sweet moments where I got to meet an abolitionist elder. Um, and like, I've been like obsessed with elders and like ancestors this year. It's been like a whole journey for me. But um, I haven't really had elders in the political space or let alone like in the journalism space. So to be able to meet, um, in like meeting, actively meeting um, elders this year that have been doing this work for as long as they have, and they, they see the movement where it comes and it goes, where it swells, um, and, you know, holding space for themselves and for each other and the, the ones that come after them, it's, it's just really, really special. It was just really special. And then, like, <laughs> also had this moment last night where... I was talking to some friends and and they're like, "Wow, you've been around for like a little bit. Can we you know have some contextual knowledge?" 
And so, like, sharing the contextual knowledge, I was like, shit, am I, like, a political elder now? Like, I don't... <laughs> um, so, like, trying to figure that out. Like, like I know I'm a tia now. I've, I've really come to accept that. Um, I have comal, and I have... And it's not just, like, a small one. I had a small one for a long time. It's a big one now. And I have my little rocking chair on my front porch. Um, so, like, I feel like I'm coming into that. But I haven't accepted it to the point yet where I feel confident enough to, like, teach people. So I'm working on that. I'm working on that. And I'm really um, excited for it when I do uh, get past my own self. <laughs> That's all it is, right? That's all it is. It's just figuring out how to get past your own self in whatever capacity it is. Um but that's what I'm aiming for next year. Um, I've also been trying to community build in other spaces. You know, like in Pasadena, there's movement work happening there. I've been reporting on it this year. And there's a lot more planned next, for next year that I cannot disclose at the moment because it's, um, it's, it's not public information yet. <laughs> um, but there's there's uh, stuff coming up, and then I'm trying to be in community with people in Galveston. Um, and I thought I met some organizers that could have been it, um, but I'm still I'm still trying to figure that out, right? And see, and that's like another point of me of like trying, like there really needs to be more more media makers in Houston um, that are willing to report on like the community. Because, like, it's, there's so, there's so, so much. There's so much. Um, And we need, we need more hands on deck in this area. So I'm hoping to light some torches. I know Shift Press is already lighting a lot of torches. If you guys aren't familiar with them, you should definitely follow them on social media. Um, They are a educational journalism uh, group that's focusing on uh lifting youth voices um they they are very lovely um but yeah that's that's what i've got going on um the mayor election oh dang that's like a thing so a while ago i did this thing called a houston corporate tentacle map um i did it when sylvester turner was in office and what I did, I went through the campaign finance reports for the city council and the mayor and determined like who's who of the oligarchy. So who the donors were and which of the donors had contracts. So I was trying to keep that list like updated every time we got a new city council person. But that's just like a lot of damn work. Like <laughs> I'm not even going to front with you. It is a lot of work. But now that we have, it seems like we're going to have a new mayor coming in. Once that new mayor is in, I do plan on doing another corporate tentacle map. Only this time, I'm going to add in lobbyists, right? So which of the oligarchs are donating, have contracts, and have lobbyists with the city? So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to digging my heels into uh, some campaign finance reports, going back to my journalistic roots. Um, but that'll be, you know, after the mayor election, I'm, I'm not going to be interview. I'm not going to be interviewing any of those candidates after this last election cycle, even though I, the candidates I interviewed, I really do like them. They're, they're wonderful people. I don't know if I'm going to be like interviewing like electoral stuff 
Like, I'm just not into it. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I say this now. We'll see what the next election cycle brings. But I'm definitely, I'm not interviewing any mayor people. Like, that's not happening. Um, that's, that's just not. I'm sorry. Um, but then, like, on that note, too, whenever I do the Houston corporate tentacle map, I'm going to bring up the lack of data transparency in suburb cities. A few years ago, I was trying to collect campaign data Oh, for like Pasadena, Baytown, because I was trying to map out um, who's who of like the Port of Houston and whatnot. But it was very inaccessible and they it, they wanted money for me to look at the campaign finance supports. Whereas Houston, you know, you can go in online. Uh, they have a portal that you can just go through and it's very easy. It's very accessible. Um, so that's what I was trying to, trying to do. Um, so that's, so if you're wondering like, well, Sam, shit, like you're reporting on Houston, but you forgot all about these other suburbs. It's not that I didn't forget about them. It's that it's just incredibly inaccessible and Houston makes it a lot easier to, um, call out who's who in the oligarchy. Um, but with that said though, if there are movements in your community where you're trying to push for data transparency with your city government, please reach out to me. Um, like we like to help amplify and uplift that because data transparency in our government is super fucking important <laughs> um so i know i said i was going to talk about like ai and whatnot but we're coming up the end of uh this little report um and i just i just want to play some more music <laughs> um before i wrap it up though tomorrow stop i-45 a coalition is having a get-together, a party holiday celebration at the White Oak Bayou Park. Um, that park, if it's designated as a park officially, could help stop the I-45 expansion. Uh, so if you want, you should go. Uh, it's between like 3 and 5, I believe. Hold on, I'm pulling it up on my Instagram because my brain already forgot uh, Alright, Save Our White Oak Bayou Holiday Sing-Along. Yeah, it's from 3 to 5 p.m. It's at White Oak Drive and Gladys Street. So if you are um, <clears throat> adamantly for comprehensive public transportation, you should go uh, because this uh, doesn't just affect you know houston stop i-45 goes toe-to-toe with the texas department transportation um which you know is all of texas <laughs> um so wherever you are wherever you live uh, if you live in the suburbs you should still come out and connect and build community so you can take it back to your homes and organize um i'm definitely going to be there it's going to be a lot of fun so All right, we're going to listen to some music, and I wish you guys a very, very lovely day.
get the shadows out of my way. Banana pancakes for my problems. Find me jamming old Jack Johnson. Swear I heard them angel calls. Lay outside as heavy falls. Heavy falls. Heavy falls. As heavy falls. Heavy falls. Heavy falls. Down on me. Nothing quite like all this color. Couldn't paint a better day. Got good times on the horizon. I can see them on the way. Couple birds came up beside me. Had to feed them some Bob Marley. Swear I heard them angel calls. Lay outside as heavy falls. Heavy falls. Heavy falls. As heavy Sorry about that, y'all. I'm a terrible DJ. <laughs> this is why I normally just let all the radio play. <laughs> when I wake up, I can't even 